like to welcome everybody this morning. I see some old faces. Is that Sister Antoinette sitting at the back there? God bless you, Sister Antoinette. It's lovely to see you again. Amen. Jenny, it's lovely to see you again. Amen. Any visitors that we have in the service, a great big welcome. Praise the Lord. I'd just like to read the announcements this morning. Um, the National Sunday School is lifting out an offering on the 24th of May for our Save Our Children. It's the Sunday School offering that goes to the National uh, Sunday School for uh, whatever they need to uh, perpetuate the gospel. Then there's the women's ministry. There's morning tea event on Friday the 22nd at 7 p.m. sharp here at the church. Uh, please RSVP for catering purposes to Sister Kathy, and it's $5 per head, and all money goes to raise funds for the Cancer Foundation. Youth, there's a community barbecue on the 23rd of May from 12 o'clock to 4 p.m. in Cassowary Park. This is an outreach for the people in the community. There will be leaflets that are going to be dropped out such as these. Um, please attend if ever you can and um, pay for your food if you have food. Is that right, Sister Emma? Bring your own food. Amen. So that's the 23rd of May from 12 to 14 at Castlewary Park. I'd like to announce the uh, foundation conference to be held on Saturday, Friday the 29th of May through to Sunday the 31st of May. On Friday night is a youth uh, ministries and meetings with preaching mainly for the youth, but everybody is welcome to attend that service. On Saturday morning at 10 o'clock is the ladies' service. At 7 p.m. on Saturday, evening service for everybody. And uh, Sunday services, morning 10 o'clock and evening 7 o'clock. That's the foundation conference. Amen. Sunday school, you are dismissed. Thank you. move these away because I don't want them falling back, you see. It's really great to be in the house of the Lord today and um, there's nothing like the presence of the Lord. We're so blessed and grateful to have the Lord in our midst, to have the Lord in our lives, personally in our lives. Amen. ask Sister Linda if she would come and testify this morning. Sister Linda gave us a testimony at um, the ladies' gathering on Thursday evening, and it's very applicable to the message this morning. I've asked Sister Linda to testify this morning to us all. Amen. I've actually got two testimonies, <laughs> if that's all right.
the first one concerns my older sister. You, you that have Facebook would have seen what I put on there about my sister. Um, but it was just a miraculous thing. My sister was sick. She had a fall. She went to hospital. Um, she hit her head and she went to hospital and she also broke two ribs. And uh, she had fluid on the lung. She had renal failure. Um, yeah, she was really, really sick. And she was in hospital for a week. And then she came out and went to her daughter, my niece's place. And um, I rang up on the Wednesday, I think it was, and my niece was really worried about it. She said she hasn't improved. She wants to sleep all the time. She, is, she can't hardly move. She can't lift her hand. She's really, really bad. So we're going to go try and go back to the doctor and see what is wrong. Anyway, that we had prayed for her on the Sunday night here and she was on the prayer list on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, on Thursday night, um, at our ladies' prayer meeting, we prayed. Sister Katerina led us in a very passionate and quite specific prayer for my sister. And we prayed for quite a long time for her. And then when I <clears throat> went home, the next day, I rang up on Friday and my, my niece said, she's almost miraculously recovered she is so much better she's um and she was back to her normal self i spoke to her and she was her old self again and that is a miracle that is god's miracle i mean we pr had prayed continuously for her and he always always grants our prayers eventually if we persevere though so that was my first testimony the second one is more about the power of the holy ghost which I just found absolutely amazing. My Seriana went to sleep over at Charity's place um, one, night, one night last week. And that was good because I thought, oh, yeah, I don't have to get up in the morning and take her to school. I can sleep in a little bit. You know, that's really, really good. And, but somehow or other, the next morning, I had this uncontrollable urge, very strong urge, that I had to go there to where they were living and I didn't know why I didn't know what was why I had to do that I tried ringing up all their none of their phones answered the home phone didn't answer so this was like 7:30 in the morning so I got up and I drove over there and when I arrived there Sana came rushing out the door and said grandma grandma how did you know I needed to see you um, and she needed some things from school for, for school and she needed to go home and get this, that before school. Now, it was just such a strong and overpowering urge that I had. And all I can say is that's the Holy Ghost because I try and pray in tongues every day. I try to pray every day and read my Bible. I'm not always 100% good at that, but I do try. And I believe, yes, the more you do it, the stronger you get. It's like a muscle. And, you know, the more you use it, the more you practice it, the, the stronger it grows. And that was just such a strong urging. I could not have resisted it. And I believe that that's the power of the Holy Ghost. And I think of these scriptures, Ephesians 6.18, where Paul urges us to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And then Jude 1.21, we are told to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. He tells us, God tells us to do these things for our own good. And it works. It works. It really does. And, and that had positive results. And I just urge everyone, practice praying in the Holy Ghost every day and pray every day and you will have positive results. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Linda. Wonderful testimonies. And how wonderful it is that the Holy Ghost will prompt us, will lead us, and let us be open to the Holy Ghost. Amen. The message that I've got today is called the Holy Spirit, and that's exactly what I'm going to be speaking about. When Sister Linda testified on Thursday night, my heart leapt. I was just so excited because I felt a confirmation of what I've prepared here today. But one thing about the Holy Spirit and us, the Holy Spirit is continuous. It's perpetual. It's He going on and on all the time. The Holy Spirit is always there. Now, there's something about us. We receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we surrender ourselves to the Lord, when we give of ourselves to the Lord, when we desire to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We will receive the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be denied us. We will receive the Holy Spirit. Once we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's another way of being, we are also baptized into the family of God. We are baptized into the church of God. We belong to the church of the living God. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is is perpetually there for us. It's ongoing the whole time. But we have a part that's very important in working and operating in the Holy Ghost and in the gifts of the Spirit. It's like like having a hose pipe. If you have a hose pipe, you turn the tap on. And then you put a knot in it, and then you take the nozzle to the garden. Nothing's going to happen. But the tap is on. The hose pipe is connected, but it's got a knot in it, and nothing is going to happen. Each of us individuals need to undo any knots that we've got in our lives so that the Holy Spirit is going to flow freely to us and continuously. It's not an on-off situation. We baptize once with the Holy Spirit and we continue in the Holy Spirit at all times. How great and how wonderful is that? The, The Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. Amen. God is fresh every single day. And so are His blessings and so is the Holy Spirit. And we can come to the Lord at any any time. Like Sister Linda said, pray continuously in the Holy Ghost. Pray continuously as much as you can in other tongues. Let the Spirit of God flow through us continually and keep us fresh. Amen. It's wonderful. And um, we, are, we are also in line with everything that's taking place. We have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in an atmosphere such as this, where worship is going. It's, do we know and realize we need to grasp, and I'm sure we do, Sorry, I just need a, a, a drink. We need to grasp and recognize how blessed we are to be able to come to the house of the Lord, to be able to come to the place where worship is organized, where it's arranged, where we fellowship together, when we meet up, and we come and we, we're free to worship God. You can't stand in Hay Street and, and start worshiping God like that like we do in the church. It just won't work. Amen. But we can come to the church and after we've been in church and we've worshiped the Lord and we feel refreshed again and we strengthen and we can go on again for the next day. Amen. The Lord moves through us and strengthens us. Each and every one of us are individuals and we have specific and individual needs. And God knows what they are and he knows who we are and he knows how to minister and give us strength. Amen. So, but to open up our message this morning. I haven't got a very nice scripture for us to read. It's found in Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 to 13. I'm not going to tell you what it's called. You maybe know already, but just go there.
You say amen when you've arrived there, please. It's called the parable of the ten virgins. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamp and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Say, I am wise. Say it again. Amen. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. <clears throat> so the oil in this parable is representation of the Holy Spirit. And it's not hard to see how important the Holy Spirit is in each individual life. An ongoing freshness in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Each virgin had their own lamp and each lamp had oil within. However, it was necessary to keep the oil in their lamps topped up and ready. We will go a little deeper into the meaning of this parable a little later on. Again, if you can turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. It says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own. Sorry, you are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. I just want to pray. If you'll just uh, help me to pray this morning. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you with thanks, beloved God. We know, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord, and that you are powerful, and God, you know what our needs are, Lord. I'm asking you, beloved God, to be with us this morning. I pray for anointing, God, from you, Lord, to deliver this message today. I ask you to speak to our hearts. I ask you, God, to help us to grow deeper and deeper in you, Lord. We pray your mighty presence and your touch and anointing, God. Speak to our hearts, Lord, I pray. Thank you for your word and the truth, Lord. Thank you for your power and your name, God. Thank you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Amen. Our bodies are the temple for the Holy Spirit. So when we baptize with the Holy Spirit, we have God within us. We belong to God because our salvation is bought by the death of Jesus at Calvary. And it is important for us to lead a holy life once we are filled with the Holy Spirit, once we are living for God. Living a holy life will keep us full of the Holy Spirit at all times. We are now separated from this world because the Spirit of God is resident within us. 
We are restored to God from our sinful state. We are, per- we are the purchased possession of Christ whose blood paid for our sins. So we belong to the Lord. Amen. If we live an unholy life, we grieve the Holy Spirit, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. That seal of the Holy Spirit in our lives, no one can break that seal. Amen. It's given, to, it's given by God, and no man can break that seal. Once we baptize with the Holy Spirit, I would say that God always knows and remembers who's been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And even if you're not um, active in the Holy Ghost, you have still been baptized with the Holy Spirit at some time in your life. It's important what Sister Linda says, to keep on praying in the Holy Ghost, to keep on exercising, living for God. Amen. But once you receive the Holy Ghost, God knows that you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit and have been sealed. The Holy Spirit is God's seal upon his people and his claim on his people as his very own. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a down payment on our heavenly inheritance and we are separated unto God. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit or born of the Spirit with God's Spirit dwelling in us, it means that part of the steps of our salvation have taken place. Salvation is... uh, Repentance, baptism, and being um, baptism in Jesus' name, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, being filled with the Holy Spirit is part of the steps to salvation. When we are born again, we identify with Jesus in His death, burial, and resurrection, as stated in Romans six and three, and Romans eight and eleven. Our death is repenting of sin and all unholy pursuits. Our burial is baptism in water in the name of Jesus, which is the forgiveness of those sins. And our resurrection is empowerment by the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, which will quicken our mortal bodies. We are now free from sin, and as we are raised up, we should walk in newness of life because we are no longer unrighteous. Matthew, I mean, in Romans 6 and 8, and it says, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Prior to that, before we were free from that sin, we were servants of unrighteousness. We may look the same on the outside, but inside we are new, a new creation. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came upon the disciples, equipping them with power to bring the gospel forth from Jerusalem. The power of the Spirit was not only for the disciples in Jerusalem, but is also for us and anyone who desires and wills to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives power. Each individual requires to have their own experience. There's not a blanket baptism of the Holy Spirit as some believe. Some people, there is, some people believe that once you say that Jesus Christ is my personal Savior or Uh, say a prayer of repentance or something like that, you receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, But we need to actually have an experience and a baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's not a blanket baptism. In the book of Acts, in chapter 2, verse 8, there's a clear statement that the Holy Ghost manifested as cloven tongues of fire sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit, the, the tongue sat upon each, each person that was in that upper room praying for that time. And each person was filled with the Holy Spirit. The initial evidence that the individual has received the baptisms of the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues in an unknown language as the Spirit gives the utterance. That person can continue in tongues when they pray, when they worship, and any time they're in the presence of the Lord. God wants a continuing daily relationship with these people. He wants us to be continually in Him. He wants to communicate with us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to um, be in him all the time, and he wants a relationship with us. Amen. It's wonderful to think who he is and how great he is that we can have a relationship with him. Amen. The Holy Ghost was promised by God as a continuation of his work after the ascension of Jesus. John 16 and 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Is it, ex it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. The role and benefits of the Spirit are many and multifaceted. Here are some of them. The Spirit is the Comforter. He is one who administers comfort and or consolation. The Spirit gives us power. The Spirit intercedes on our behalf. That, that uh, power isn't a physical power to have strong muscles and flex the muscles and go around, you know, with physical power. It's a spiritual power, amen. And it's enabling us and giving us ability to work in the Spirit, to do the things that God desires us to do, amen. And mainly to spread the gospel, maybe to witness to others. <clears throat> the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. The Spirit helps us to pray, Sister Linda. The Spirit teaches and guides us into truth. In the book of Acts, it gives us an example where Paul and Silas were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. So we know that Paul and Silas, we read the book of Acts, we know that Paul and Silas were continuing to pray for direction and leading from God. Amen. We can't, it's, it's important and it's wise to get leading from God for everything. And that's what they did. And the Holy Ghost told them, forbade them, don't go to Asia and preach the word there. So we're in tune with the Holy Spirit when we continue in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And God can speak to us. He knows what's ahead. He knows what the needs are. He knows what's the right thing to do. And he can give us uh, instruction. He can give us a word. He can give us a direction. And we can obey that just the way Sister Linda did in that situation. To me, that's an, a remarkable testimony. And I know that the Lord works like that. But Sister Linda wasn't the host pipe with the block in her. Sister Linda was a host pipe, so to speak, that was free. Now, don't go telling everybody that we've got a lady in the church called Sister Linda and she's a host pipe. It's not that. This is just an example. There's no knot in her. She's free in the Holy Ghost to hear from God, to give of herself to God. Amen. And that's an example of how we should be on a daily basis as much as we can. Amen. <clears throat> I'd like to mention some ways in which the Holy Spirit comes upon us, which as is recorded in the Bible, he comes upon us as rivers of living water, as the wind and as fire. Together with all these roles mentioned, the Holy Ghost gives us gifts. I read, I read a short study by Reverend Daniel Seagraves about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. 
and I'll be quoting a little from the study, but he clearly states, the validity of a gift is not determined by an examination of the life or doctrine of the person through whom the gift operates. It is determined by comparing its message with the word of God. And God doesn't want us to be ignorant of these gifts. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but the same Lord, which worketh all in all, and the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal, which means to profit the whole body. It's one Spirit, and uh, He gives to us. I'd like us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 to 11, and read about these gifts. And in them you might recognize a gift that you have in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 11. I'll just read, I've read part of that already, the the diversity. So we go to verse 8. For to one is given the Spirit, by by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of the tongues. But all these worketh that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. There are nine gifts of the spirit altogether. And I know Pastor has taught on this subject, but I will just reiterate a little on some of these gifts. The word of wisdom is called the word of wisdom. It's not called the gift of wisdom. Amen. And it doesn't mean that a person who has received this gift has all the wisdom and knows everything. Amen. They don't have all the wisdom. It means, and, and they don't have all the wise answers. But God gives wisdom through them, through that person by the Holy Ghost in a given situation. The word of wisdom is spoken in a given situation. We don't know sometimes when those uh, gifts are going to operate. We're not always, uh, we don't realize that God is going to operate in those gifts in our lives. And um, God just prompts us and we operate in those gifts. But everybody that receives the Holy Spirit receives a gift or more than one gift because the Holy Ghost is a gift. The gift of the word of wisdom is only a small portion of God's wisdom. The word of knowledge does not mean that you know everything and have all the answers. Once again, the function is as God moves on you by the Holy Ghost for a given situation or need. Sometimes we are even surprised by the answers or insight we have in the situation, but we can recognize that it is God using us in the gifts he has given. In the group of revelation gifts, we have the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. In the group of power gifts, we have faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles. In the group of vocal gifts, we have tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. 
in practical operation, we do find that various gifts will work together to accomplish a common purpose. For example, the gifts of healing may work in conjunction with the gifts of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. When baptized with the Holy Spirit, we all become members of the body of Christ, which is the church. As a member of that one body, they have spiritual gifts that give them their place and function in the body. If you look at the natural body, all parts have their own specific function. The feet are feet, the hands are hands, the head are head, the ears, etc. The body cannot function properly if each member is not functioning as intended. The body is not one member but many, and, and each member has its own particular and specific function. God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Each person has been given at least one spiritual gift, sometimes more than one. Everybody is a somebody, all working together in unity. It is amazing to consider how many souls worldwide are baptized into the body of Christ and all have an individual function. If we are not sure what our gifts are, we can earnestly pray and ask God to help us to recognize the gifts that's in us and to help us function in that gifts. There should be a desire in each of us to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. We need to be careful not to underestimate, underestimate our importance in the body of Christ. I'll just read um, 1 Corinthians 12, 15 and 17. It says, If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. It is, there, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? This illustrates, illustrates how vital and unique every function of the body is. It is important to remember that God has placed everyone in the body as it has pleased him to do so. Again, I say, everybody is somebody. We may look at someone we consider to be uh, to have a more important function that we do, or we consider to be more spiritual than we are. But we also have a gift of the Spirit to use. I mean, and we are also important. Whether whatever gift it is, it's just as important. We're not supposed to measure ourselves against somebody else. <coughs> we are just to operate in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our fun but the function of every gift is just as important as everyone. I mean, there's no high, there's no level of height or what. If, I'm sorry, every gift is important. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 2, For the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being member, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. It's the same spirit, <clears throat> and we become members of the body of Christ when we baptize with the Holy Spirit. I do believe that everyone <clears throat> desires to be used of God and for his glory. The gifts of the spirit are not intended to draw attention to the gifted person. And they are to be practiced decently and in order. The gifts of the Spirit are intended 
to glorify God and um, <clears throat> and for the you for It is a misconception to think that only the super spiritual members are given these gifts. That's what we're inclined to think. So and so and so and so is a super spiritual person, and they have a gift, and they are entitled to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But me, I'm just me, and I'm not as spiritual as them, and I'm not as high as them, and I haven't been living for the Lord as long as them, and I don't pray as much as them. But if I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I have the gifts of the Holy Spirit resident within me. And God is going to choose which spirit, which gifts or gifts I will be used in. And it's up to me to cooperate with God, not hold myself back, not allow uh, God to hinder that work in me. You see, it's edification. It's strengthening the body. It's all working together for God's purpose, for his family and his body of Christ. I can't, I can't put my hand on the ground and go walking around as in a natural body. It's not my place. It's not how I was designed. It's not how I was made to walk on my hands everywhere I go. It's not how God designed us to be. He gave us feet to walk on. And the same, the same uh, principle works with the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are all receiving gifts to operate in one body for the benefit of the body and for the glory of God. So if you have the spirit of tongues and interpretation, don't try to have the healing gifts unless God gives it to you. Don't try to have the gifts of healing, for example, unless, of course, God gives it to you. Because your place is tongues and interpretation, or tongues and or interpretation, for example, which is a vocal gift. And God wants us to operate in the gifts that he's given to us. If we don't know what our gifts are, we can pray and ask God, and he can lead us and help us to operate in the gifts. But it's one spirit, and the, the spirit of God is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts come with the Holy Spirit when we baptize in the Holy Spirit. Amen. I do believe that everyone desires to be used of God and for his glory. The gifts, as I said, the gifts of the Spirit are not intended to draw attention to the gifted person. Operating in the gift is a gift. It is not determined by how spiritual you are or not. It is a gift and is given personally to you or me as God sees fit. I don't believe that God withdraws that gift at any time. It belongs to you. Would you give a gift and then take it back again? If you're the meanest person in the world, the meanest person that could ever be, would you give a gift and take it back again? No. I believe the answer to that is no. When members are functioning in their gifts, the whole body is blessed. And we can say amen to that because we have experienced it. And we know. And we, we, we are thrilled when the, gifts, when the gifts of the Spirit are in use because we recognize that it's coming from God and God is within the church and God is within us and God is confirming his word and God is confirming his promises. And we feel great and we feel uplifted as we are used in the gifts of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are blessing us and edifying the, 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 the body of Christ. So what do we need to have the gifts of the Spirit? We need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, as the Bible says we should, and we need to cooperate and be willing to work and operate in those, spirit, in those gifts. 
not to hold back. We get shy and we think, not me. I'm not good enough. And that's not what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to operate in those gifts. He has given them to us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. From the gifts of the Spirit, we go to the fruit of the Spirit, which is meekness, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, with the fruit of the Spirit, that is um, evidence. That does give evidence of the growth and maturity and development of a believer. The more fruit that they exhibit or the fruit that they do exhibit is a sign of their growth and maturity and development in the Lord. Amen. So truthfully, the more we develop in the Lord, the more fruit we can have. The fruit is beneficial also to everybody so that um, when we, for example, have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives because we've grown and developed in the Lord, it will benefit somebody um, as, as uh, for example, temperance. We won't flare up in a temper and, <clears throat> and say crosswords, and that we will restrain ourselves. That's a fruit of the Spirit. <coughs> and that comes by a strong by development and growth in the Lord. doesn't mean to say that if you're a new uh, person in Christ, it gives you freedom. We're still growing and developing all the time. <coughs> we can bear fruit of the Spirit, but it takes saying, staying and not swaying. It takes working and not shirking. It takes praying and not refraining. We're going to develop in the Holy Spirit if we continue. We're going to develop in, in the fruits of the Spirit if we continue and we live for God and we give Him our all. The parable of the five wise and the foolish virgins, and the five foolish virgins, let's say I am wise, were all eligible for, me, for the meeting of the bridegroom. So what was the difference then? Those who were wise had noticed that the darkness was coming and made important preparations for the coming night. They made it their priority to obtain a sufficient supply of oil for their lamps by ensuring they had that extra jar of oil and the wise virgins could safely continue until their journey ended at midnight. Nobody knows the length of the journey and nobody knows how... uh, when, it's going, when that midnight hour is going to come. For the foolish virgins, it was a different story. They had not prepared for the midnight hour. They were in a state of high anxiety and dismayed because their lamps were fading and approaching burnout. They had heard the midnight cry, but they were unable to go and were shut out from the meeting of the bridegroom. This is a type of Jesus coming back for his church, and all members of the church need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and need to be ready and waiting and watching for that hour. We need to maintain readiness for that time. Another reason and a very, very vital and important reason is that we need the Holy Ghost for the day that Jesus comes back to take his church away. I'm nearly finished already. Could I have the piano, please? Sister Satinka, please. The Holy Ghost baptism is essential for salvation. We are fast reaching the time prophesied when Jesus will come back again to take his church away from this world. When his midnight hour arrives, he will come right on time and remove his church from this earth. The Bible tells us to watch because we know not what hour the Lord will come. We are, 
when we are born again, change takes place. Like I said before, we may look the same on the outside, but inwardly we are changed. The last and final change takes place at the time Jesus comes for his church, as stated in 1 Corinthians 15, which says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Let us be like the wise virgins and be ready for that hour. Shall we stand? 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 16 to 17 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It is the Spirit of God that will quicken our mortal bodies. Let us check our oil status and stay full of the Holy Spirit and be ready to meet him in the air when he comes back to take his church away. In Romans 8 and 2, the Apostle Paul writes, The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. We are free from the law of sin and death in Jesus Christ when we come to him and we are born again. I'm opening the altars this morning for us to pray. Come forward and let God meet your needs today. He is here. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come forward and we pray for you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you want to rejoice in the Lord, come forward and rejoice in the Lord. If you want to, if you want to top up, come to the altars and let's uh, pray that the Lord will touch us and bless us as we meet with him this morning. I'd like to sing that song, He Set Me Free. Yes, He Set Me Free.